Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. We've got more live shows coming your way this season, and the first is going to be on the 26th of September at Flatiron Square in London with a special guest as well. So go and check out eventbrite.co.uk for all the details, and a massive thanks to Guinness, as always, for their support. I'm Andy Rowe, and Big Jim and Gertie with me as usual. How's your week been, guys? Firstly, before we talk about our weekend, it was your birthday, wasn't it, Andy Rowe? Happy yeah, 45th birthday, and thanks for 36th. the invite. Yeah, where was the invite to your uh, Kiwis only shit birthday? Well, you're not party? Kiwis, are you? I can put on a bloody good accent, eh? I draw a line. Cheers, Andy Rowe. Colleagues and, and so, what did you do for your birthday? Um, played a lot of backyard cricket and. Well, you shit at that. We're world champions. Made a uh, beer pong golf set. That sounds so shit. <laughs> Mental. <laughs> anyway, enough about you. Enough about you. Uh, I'll be honest, a bit dusty this weekend. Um, a bit of news, actually. Again, mentioning this thyroid thing that I've got. Oh, I know. my God. Change the record. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I've got an illness. Saw a specialist <laughs> on Friday. Oh, another one. And he wanted to rush me in to have surgery tomorrow, which is Wednesday when the podcast is going to get released. And I've taken a bit, a bit of a, a, a change of heart. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go under the hammer. You changed um, your ass. You were going to go under the hammer. I was going to go under the hammer <laughs> tomorrow morning. Weren't keen at all. So on Sunday, I had a blowout, right? So said to the missus, I need to blow out before I have surgery because I could die. And that's what I was worried about, that I might die. Well, the surgeon's got a hammer. So yeah, it's going to be Of course. But it was a big old op. And I was meant to have it tomorrow being Wednesday. But I just, I've pulled out. That's what I do. Do you ever think about pulling out before or not? (laughs) What, pulling out where? I don't know. Carry on. Well, of matches. Uh, Yeah, so I've pulled out. No operation. I'm just trying to go down an alternative route. Do you want some sympathy? Really? Just something. I don't need sympathy. No. What do, you, what do you want then? Nothing. I'm just telling you what what my week what my week's been like. <laughs> I don't so, want so anything. So basically, what you said, you, you've lied to Beck and say so you definitely have an operation to then go on the piss with your mates in Cov. She was dark for the weekend. She was dark. <laughs> said love. You look after the four kids. Still don't know their names. Uh, I'm off to Cov. I'm with, out in jumping jacks with my stab vest on to go scrappy dappy doing with my mates. I'm out in jumping jacks till three in the morning. Were you really? It was an icon. Diva, which is an old nightclub in uh, Cov, and Jumping Jacks, Peelback, Reunion. So they had like all the old school tunes. Remember Darude? I'm dancing like Kevin Perry on the dance floor at three o'clock in the morning, thinking I'm about to die on a Wednesday um, having surgery. So so basically, me going out at three in the morning, a 36-year-old dad of four, apparently, that changed my mind. So Beck's not talking to me. Good. The surgeon's not talking to me. Good. And the kid's... Well, I think that the kids think I'm a, I'm a lesser father. And after the weekend, they're, they're probably right. I probably am. So where did you stay? I stayed at my mate FNL Mike's house. And how was that in the morning when you wake I up? I reckon it was 45 degrees. <laughs> and it's one of these where the Kofskins, like I said, they're doing all right for themselves. Works in the factory. I'm sure his bed is very comfortable. The spare mattress. Stank of piss? I may, as well, I may as well have slept on the dog bed that you slept in in New Zealand. <laughs> I must have had about an hour's sleep. So yesterday I was dark. The day before I was dark. And today, I'm a little bit darker than I was, but probably not as dark as the Irish Rugby Union fellas. Oh, dear. Should we get on to that now, or does Goody want to tell us about his weekend? I just hung with the family, to be honest. I went to Wo- Woburn Safari Park. And you thought my weekend was shit. <laughs> well, oh, no, Andy, my- Rowe, that's the best thing you've ever said. Well see, done. See, I didn't claim mine was good. I didn't 
build my weekend up to be the best birthday weekend ever and then you play backyard cricket you absolute helmet <laughs> I, spent, <laughs> I spent time with the family uh and talking to woburn safari park i don't believe in safari parks i think animals should be free that's what well, i mean let, let the lions free out of woburn safari park and see what happens <laughs> but yeah it was nice um a nice relaxing weekend and not so relaxing for the island rugby team oh, i worked on saturday actually oh, did you? i was at twickenham yeah chris robshaw was there Come out to me. So I'm, I'm hosting uh, the Rose Suite at Twickenham. A thousand people in the room, hosting a Q&A before the game. And Chris Robshaw's in the room. I went up to Robbo. I said, Robbo, you going to come on stage and do a q and I'm hosting it. He's like, oh, no, no, I'm just on a table just with these guests. I was like, go on, mate. I've got one question for you. I'll just ask one question. I'll give you the question so you can think of a good answer. He's like, oh, what is it then? I said, what do you regret more? Dying your hair blonde or not taking the three points against Wales in the 2015 World <laughs> Cup. He ain't talking to me anymore. Did they go on a storm, no, that? No, no, I didn't say that in front of everyone. Oh, okay. So. Okay. But, but come up. I'm looking at him. I talk about maybe mine was a midlife crisis weekend, but I ain't dyed my hair peroxide. You didn't got my hair to die anymore, Jim. Well, very true, actually. There's a big penalty spot on the top of your head. Very true, actually. Uh, no, Rob Shaw was all right, actually. He hadn't, I asked him about Eddie Jones and had he had anything from Eddie. Because he was playing, to be fair to him, he was playing quite well towards the end of the last season, wasn't he? Well, we thought he was and we were bagging Quinns a bit and he even followed me on social so I might change my opinion yeah um, I'll tell you he's a good bloke and a funny bloke as well he was commentating with Stuart Barnes for Sky Alan Quinlan yeah I've known Quinny a few years I had a couple of nights out with him in Dublin good lad absolutely top lad really um, Steve Thompson uh, was there as well Alos. I mean I was happy he came on stage and stood next to me it's not many ex-professional rugby players or professional rugby players that I'd be happy stood next to that make me look better than I am. So I ain't great, but Steve, Tom- Steve, Steve Thompson. Thompson makes me feel like a 12 out of 10. That's all I'm saying. Then what the hell would Leo Cullen do then? <laughs> so yeah, good. Uh, yeah, it's a good day, but jeez, uh, Ireland. That is pants pulled down. I mean, right, that is pants pulled down over your head. Take them back, eat your pair of pants, put them back on your head, feed them to your dog, let your dog shit or sick them out, put them back on your head. And go walking down the street. That is what you call getting your pants pulled down. That was unbelievable, isn't it? Nearly 60 points. Who gets 60 points put on put on them these days? Like you said, it's a warm-up game, so it doesn't matter. So we've mentioned the warm-up games, well, probably more so me, that they have not been test match intensity. England, third game now. Went full goo. Went full goo and played full goo as well. Who have Ireland played? Italy? Yeah, but not, none of those boys played. Exactly. Much. So this is their first hit out. And we all know, and we've seen in the games leading up to it before, the first games have been awful. I've not seen any of the games. Like, the skill sets have been awful to where, to where they've been. And it takes, you know, people are asking whether there should be warm-up games. I think you've seen, or Ireland especially seen, that they need a couple more games to get anywhere near the level they need to be at. I know you can warm into it. Who have Ireland got first game? Scotland. They've got Scotland first game in the World Cup. Now, if they played the way that they did at the week, mate, Scotland would have put 30 on them. I mean, there's an exaggeration there, Jim, <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, I knew you were going to say that. But England looked brilliant. And again, looking at it again, England have got a chance at the World Cup. Look at the players that they've got in terms of ball-carrying ability. And uh, Old Smith mentioned it after. Athletes. And that's what rugby is now. You need unbelievable specimens in order to compete at the very highest level and win things. And England have got that. I mean, look at the, the ball carriers. And Marrow's try was obviously brilliant, but... Do you reckon that was a forward pass? No. I've had a look at it. I thought it was forward. Yeah, of course, but, controversial. But, no, no, but you, you're dead right. You look at England's... The balance of the team, you've got Billy Vanapola, who we've known for 
years and years and years. England's best ball carrier by far. But now you've got Manu back to at the peak. Of, I haven't seen him play like that since the All Blacks in 2012, was it? When he destroyed them. He's phenomenal. Um, and Wales stopped him the week before at times. But it took four, man to, four men to stop him. Ireland were playing touch rugby. The, the worrying thing for Ireland is you do all this training and you can make mistakes, you can drop balls. But defensively... It looked like they didn't have a clue. But that's first game. That, that's, that, that, you still, that's your systems are still what they are. So you've been training your systems. So if you're, they were flying up in ones and twos. And, and st- that was Stock- a horse noise. Stockdale. I mean, oh my hairdo, Stockdale. Mate, he needs to shave that. <laughs> he has to. Do, he has to do what Hog did. Hog after they got pants pulled down in France with peroxide air. He shaved his hair. Different man. Stockdale needs to. Do, he'll do the same. That you can't be playing. With a perm now, you just can't. Be <laughs> who has a perm? Who, who has a perm these days? Yeah, he's still got he's still got wheels though. Um, oh, but he, he just he was defending like three in, just flying in, and it wasn't even anywhere near getting man and ball at times. And you, you look at the England attack, and you know first phase try from a scrum left hand side, like Stockdale's flown in three in to defend that. And it's weren't Murray down corner. though? Weren't Murray down for that? No, Murray was Murray was so England actually went against the wheel. So the wheel of the scrum put Billy closer down the left-hand short side and he's picked up and gone right and then they've fed Ben Youngs and they've gone out the back, out the back but Murray came looping round to that short side thinking that Billy was going to pick up and go down there and then they just picked off numbers and you can't like Bundyaki he's a big hitter but he just kept flying up and hitting the wrong man there was just arrowheads in defence everywhere which with an attacking team when you've got two ball players in your back line in Ford at 10 and Farrell at 12 we're just going hands like dummy runner decoy runner hands hands try it was literally a team run. And England executed very well. And they got big ball cows. Joe Cock and a singer. I mean, what an absolute beast he is. He's got it all going for him, isn't he? He has. He has got it all going for him. And apparently clean as a whistle as well. I mean, <laughs> you don't expect anything less, do you? But yeah, I mean, Ireland were all over the shop. And, you know, Andy Farrell's face, when they kept panning up on him in the stands, defensively, they were just horrific. It just shows you, doesn't it, how the difference, if you're slightly off, Sexton makes a massive difference to him. Mate, I always said, mate, when Sexton comes back in, they're going to be a different team. They are going to be a different team. Johnny, where are you, mate? SOS. You've also been a, a huge fan of the uh, ford Farrell combination, haven't you, Jim? No, I haven't, no. What you make of it on the weekend? Was not tested at all. Again, it looked like the tries that were scored looked like a team run. I completely agree with that. It wasn't tested as other teams will test it, but what it did, it did effectively and, and attacked well. Mate, there's no doubt about it. Ford, on the front foot, which is very rare at the highest level in these, you know, if you, you know, in the, in the top top games, is one of the best players in the world on the front foot. Is he as good as Cipriani? I don't know. I mean, it's old news. But for me, Farrell is a ten. But if they played like that, I mean, you can't argue. You can't argue with what you saw. Like the, you know, that combination at the week, the weekend was outstanding. But it was absolutely no test at all. I can't believe Ireland, regardless if that's their second game or first game, with the majority of their front line players, they got absolutely hosed. What do you make of the Ford Farrell combo? Like Jim said, they attacked well. Um, they weren't tested physically. You know, George Ford on the front foot, as Jim said, is a quality operator. You you, you fly out in ones and twos, no matter who's the 10 at international level, they'll be able to pick you off. If you fly up in a, like Saracens do, as a four, five, six man unit, it's a lot harder to break down. And that's what New Zealand struggle with at times, don't they? The rush, breaking down a rush defence. But that's because it's, all together, the rush defense is coming collectively. All whereas, together now, all together. They were, they were coming in ones and twos, like Bundyaki stepping in, 
miles, which just leaves the 13 ring rows just not knowing who to pick. So then he has to bite in to get the next man, which he's half a second too late, which makes it an easier pass. Elliot Daly putting balls across the face as well. It was, you know, it was clinical attack by England. And let's, you know, be clear about that. Powerful, strong, big front football, you know, our forwards hosed their forwards. Our line out was working effectively. We were nicking their line out ball. Manu's getting four turnovers, so we're you know we're we're attacking against unstructured defence, and we were picking them out when they're flying in everywhere. It was a good performance by England. We're going to win the World Cup, but Ireland. I thought Japan were going to host Scotland. Japan might be favourites for that group these days. Jim, what went wrong with it, Irish line out? You, you look at all the games. At the beginning of these warm-up games, England's line-out didn't function great in the, in the first game. Scotland's line-out didn't function well at all at the weekend. Again, listen to Rory Best's interview after and, and only seeing it from a TV point of view. There were a number of things. England have got one of the best, if not the best, line-out defence, even with Curry and Sam Underhill in there with, you know, George and, and Marrow and the way that they're coached in the Borthwick. So Is that because you taught them everything they know? Or? I just told them to hold their space and just jump high. And... <laughs> You know, Rory Best, massive, massive fan of his and his captaincy. But there's always been a few question marks over his throwing. But looking at the lineouts back, there was a combination. Like some of them were marked, marked well. The, the lift at the back of the lineout where Cowan Dickey went over for their last try was, was a bad drill. We saw Wales do the same. Then we in that first week against England. You know, yes. they, they're just timing issues. When you're in that part of the game and, you, and that's your first game in pre-season, you're absolutely dying. And again, Rory Best speaks about it. He spoke about it when he spoke with KV and, and on the Patreon side of things that the throw-in to try and regulate your heart rate, your concentration is one of the hardest things you have to do and that is a, a proper skill. Playing against England, you're 50 points down. You're thinking, we ain't going out tonight because it's now 50. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't going out. that came into their mind? I think he was thinking, we ain't going out. And that's what he's thinking. He's thrown the ball and it's literally landed in Luke Cowan, Dickie's hands and Dickie Bird's gone under and that's it it's nearly 60 Ugh. so they've got a load of things to work on Ireland now I reckon they'll be better for it they, they certainly will be better for it the thing with our Ireland is you look at the makeup of the team without Sexton the fulcrum of the team uh, and he understands how to manage a game he understands how to get the best out of different players they haven't got monster ball carriers that will guarantee you game line success like England have um, so they have to think of other ways they do loads of wraparound plays where they try and pull defenders out the line didn't see any of that from Ireland and it just shows the value and the importance of Johnny Sexton to that team. But they'll bounce back. Yeah, Alex Watt wants to know if Ireland can get their mojo back before the World Cup uh, with only a double header versus Wales um, and lots of areas to address. You what? Alex Watt. They can. They need two big, big tests now and they've got that against Wales. Ireland, Ireland need to finish full noise. Yeah. And then, and then you're risking Sexton. Again, who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? Ireland are going to be loads better for that. As a, I'm going to reiterate the point again. First game up is always tough. You go into Twickenham, they're three games in. They're close to probably where they're going to be in terms of their best. All the passes were sticking. Front foot, you know, they just look good. Line out was good. Scrum was good. Ireland need two big games because the Scotland game, for a number of reasons, for both Scotland and Ireland, without stating the obvious because they're both going to have to play Japan, who are going to be absolutely buzzing for them two games. They're the two biggest games that they'll why, play Why would the Japanese ever. smell? What do you mean? You said they're going to be buzzing. It's going to be 40 degrees. Oh, okay. right. 40, 40 degrees. Another tweet's coming from Jack Matthews. He's um, asked, any idea why Carney's clothesline on Tom Carey wasn't picked up by the team? No brutal, that, wouldn't it? He uh, didn't stay know. down, that's why as well. But And they scored a try. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, we were talking about the Scott Barrett red card a couple of weeks ago. Carnies, you, you, you slow it down bit by bit. That looks horrific. Do TMOs look at it more if someone stays down and there's an injury? Who knows? We can slow down loads of shots in the game and it looks a lot worse than it is. But to me, that was man something... A man who's hit was time to perfection, I thought. I don't mind stuff like that. I keep saying it, but mm. I don't mind. I love seeing big hits. You know, I don't even mind Rob Carney's on Tom Curry, to be honest, massively. And for me, it's a penalty. Right. But that's what I said to you. Did, did Nigel Owens say anything? Yellow card. Well, I didn't Possibly think... red. There you go. Depends well, which... I don't think it is. Depends which graph we're looking at. Tweet it. it. Tweet it, Goody. Just on Nigel Owens, uh, Stephen Owen wants to know if he has lost his aura of perfection. Is that his son? Maybe they've had an argument. <laughs> that's, good. that's a good question. Well, Stephen Owen, as opposed to Nigel Owens. So maybe he's dropped the S as well. This is blowing my mind. It's crazy. So there's it? an Owen and there's an Owens. Owens means there's a few, isn't there? An S. There's only <laughs> one Nigel Owens, yeah. There's only one, one Nigel Owens. Owens. Um, Owens. Um, I, I don't think anyone's a perfect referee. No one's a perfect rugby player. Everyone makes mistakes. I was going to say, we all make mistakes, Goody. What happened in Jack's? I don't know. Hey, what happened in Jack's? What, 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 do you know? what do you know? Why am I sweating profusely now? <laughs> but yeah, I, you, know, you know, I don't think, you know, you can question referees' decisions at a lot of breakdowns. You just want consistency. I, no ref's going to get every call spot on. Um, you want them to get the big call spot on and I think Nigel Holmes is up there with the best referee. I'd have him any day over any French referee. I'll tell you that for nothing. I don't know. Uh, we talked about um, Manu's form and his hit as well. Uh, how much of a difference does he make uh, playing 100% for England? When he was fit, and he is nearly at that level now, there ain't a better player in the world at this game of rugby, I don't think, in terms of valuable within the team, in terms of what he can do and the effect that he can have on a game. I, I bet if you said or asked any of the England guys who's the best player in the team and everyone was 100% fit, they'd all say Manu. Manu. Yeah, he's he's unbelievable. I'm sat there watching the game with Mark Cueto, ex-international winger, Chris Ashton, current international winger. What a shit bloke he is. News on Ashy, by the way. Really? Um, wow. And Richard Wigglesworth. And they were looking at him going, I don't fucking fancy tackling that either. <laughs> like, he's a beast, Manu is. Um, you know, and not only if he's running a decoy line, two defenders have to sit down for him, create space elsewhere. When he gets the ball, he's running over people. Four defenders get sucked into him. And have to you have to go and gang tackle him, which means there's space elsewhere. When he's defending, you've got an attacker that thinks, I ain't taking it anywhere near the line playing against Manu because he's going to end me. You could see after his first carry, did he get the ball off the first kickoff? And he was like, you're having it. <laughs> and he's run into, I don't know who he's run into, but he's not skittled them, but you could see first carry, he wanted it. And when you want it, <laughs> you want it. Well, Manu Tolangi was the man in the match on Saturday. And after the game, Eddie Jones spoke to Rugby Pass about him. You know, he's in a good place. He's got a smile on his face. He makes coffee for everyone every day, uh, except me. So I've got to put my order in a bit earlier. Um, and he's he's getting fitter, mate. You know, he's about 80% fit at the moment. We've still got a little bit to go with him. And when he gets there, he'll be a, a handful. And he's got some great, great... One of his greatest attributes is that people like to play with him. What do you make of Manu making coffee for everyone but Eddie? They obviously don't like Eddie. Like most, <laughs> like most people, it seems. Hey, No, Eddie's okay. We're going to win the World Cup now. Yeah, I'm sure he is okay. But obviously, Manu don't like him, does he? And just on what Eddie was saying about him only being 80% fit, what would he be like if he's Andy? I mean, if he's only 80% fit, my God. I don't think you can play like that if you're 100%. Interesting. What? I just think the way that he plays, the collisions that he's involved right. in, he's always going to be carrying an arc. And his past. But 80%. 
mate, is basically 150% to most people. <laughs> so either way, they're sweet. Right, forget Manu. You mentioned Ashy. Yeah. Some news there. Talk to us. Well, you know, he, he pulled himself out of the squad, didn't he? Yes. He was going to go to Italy on the training camp, which meant I reckon he'd have got picked in the squad when Eddie Jones decided to take 15 wingers in the squad and they took McConaughey instead. But he didn't go to Italy because he was injured. What was wrong with him? His calf. He said his calf's hurt him. He so mentioned he, calf last year, didn't yeah. he? When he was on the pod. Yeah. Oh, no. So he would, I reckon, I was, I was chatting to him on Saturday and he's like, no, oh, mate, I'm sweet with the game. I'm sweet with the decision I made. I said, yeah, but you know, McConaughey's in it. You probably would have gone, wouldn't you? Just trying to wind him up a bit. And he went, well, actually, yeah, I was going to go training to Italy when they went on camp because uh, Eddie called me and I was I was up for it. I was, well, the cash was right, was it? He's like, aye, too right it was. He's home to a Geordie halfway through the Something like that, yeah. Um, so, yeah, he would have gone, but he's yeah. injured. Well, we can get an Ireland perspective on the game now. Former Ireland and British and Irish Lions back row, Stephen Ferris is on the line. How are you, mate? Not too bad, thank you. Not too bad at all. Um, a bit deflated, actually, after Saturday's performance. But, yeah, I suppose the main positive is that we can't get any worse. Are you deflated and a little bit lighter because you were sweating like hell on the side of the pitch? In his three-piece. In your three-piece, <laughs> You look sharp, man. You, you did so look sharp. Warm, like, it was so warm. I went out, uh, I made a man uh, who owns a brand called Herbie Frog. He says, Stevie, call Diana, get you sorted out, a couple of pieces. I said, Grand. So I went down and he says, Oh, mate, see these chinos? Like, you will not sweat in these chinos. They're so good. <laughs> well, mate, I was sweating bucketfuls on Saturday. Like, those chinos didn't work. Well, mate, you did look sharp and you've given me a conscience now since um, we did uh, <laughs> the final up in Glasgow and I looked like a tramp compared to your good <laughs> self. Um, but what I was going to say, um, are you allowed to say this? Not to get too political, but do you see yourself as slightly more English? now than you were at the weekend and less Irish. I mean, that was... <laughs> who get, Stevie, who gets 60 points put on them in this day and age? Who? I mean, it's 57, like, relax. No, they still they couldn't go out. So anything over 50 is like the, the world's ending. Jim, are you, are you, are you alive? I, I thought you texted me, like, last week saying you were going for emergency surgery. I told you, you bollocks, didn't I? I told you oh, no, Just looking for sympathy, mate. I'm seeing you tomorrow. I'm seeing you tomorrow when this is released. So we're doing, uh, we're doing a World Cup memories with, with Stevie Ferris. If anyone wants to check that out, thanks for plugging that. But, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm, I'm all good, thanks, mate. Good, good, good. No, you're talking about 60 points. It could have been a hell of a lot more. Um, I think, you know, Youngs didn't have his best game. I think England could have been a lot more clinical at times in the first half and just... Like Ireland were, oh man, they were just all over the place. It really was hard to watch, like, and everybody was just looking around for answers and nobody really had them. So, I mean, a tough day, really tough day. Um, and obviously, it's one down in the history books is the biggest ever record defeat to England. So, um, not good. And, mate, just looking at the game, I mean, I'm watching it from in, in the stands and all this stuff. You're, you're doing a load of pitch side analysis with uh, the boys and girls from Sky, but. I'm looking at their defensive structure and it looked like they've done no practice. They're just doing what they want. Stockdale's flying four in from the edge. You've got Bundyaki flying up in an arrowhead formation on his own. What was going on? Defence your, was your game when you played, smashing people. But what yeah. what happened? Well, first of all, if you're going to make a ta- you're going to attempt to make a tackle, you've got to make it. It's as simple as that. Like, you know, and we, what was it, 65 or 67% tackle success? Like, if it's below 90, it's a pretty bad day at the office. So, you know, you got to stop these guys, these big, strong, physical English lads, stop them dead in their tracks, and they didn't do that. Once they got a bit of momentum, then it was just easy. But you kind of, you said about Stockdale, and you said about Bundy there. You know, in years gone by, if 
you know, Tommy had to hit in on the edge and, you know, he thought he was hung out to dry by the lads inside him. There would have been a massive debate behind the post. There would have been arguments. You know, Tommy would have been, you know, um, saying, lads, what the hell's going on here? You made a mistake here. You made a mistake there. Everybody just seemed to be looking around. And you said, you know, about everybody was doing different things. It's just total confusion. Like, everybody's just going, right, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Stockdale's hitting in. Bundy's gone up and out. It's just like, just not reading off the same page. So what are they practicing? Well, they're practicing against each other in training. They're not coming under the same amount of pressure that they were under on Saturday against England. Um, and yeah, they were just uh, they were just all over the place. And when they seemed to make one mistake or two mistakes, they made three and four, and you just can't compound one error with another. So Stevie, where do you think they are then, mate? Because you know the Six Nations before last, they looked unbeatable. Leinster obviously doing so well in the, in the Champions Cup as well. But I mean... You talk about them things now. We're talking about one of the best teams in the world, supposedly, over the last couple of years. And you're mentioning them problems. Is there anything going on in-house? <laughs> Good question. I have no idea. I don't really speak to too many of the lads um, that are currently involved in the camp and um, the squad. I was sent a text message earlier on from a mate of mine down in Dublin, and, it, and it, all it said was, are we in trouble? Question mark. And like, I think every fan that's watching this Ireland team at the minute believes that Ireland are in trouble you know I've been there uh, we lost four out of four before the World Cup in 2011 now we didn't have any record defeats but at the same time you know it's, it's just all about winning those those games during the World Cup and if Ireland get to a semi-final and play some particularly good rugby you know that record defeat against England will be quickly forgotten about uh, so yeah it's a good question Tim is there anything going on in-house Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not going to start any rumours, but the lads certainly didn't look like they were enjoying themselves at the weekend. And is it something to do with the train? I was out in Portugal and a few of the lads were there. It was absolutely ridiculously hot, so maybe the knock-on effect of that. Joe Schmidt talks about heavy legs, but also since Joe Schmidt announced he was leaving the job after the World Cup, it's, it has been downhill, hasn't it? The, the performances have gone and have they peaked too early? Well, Goody, is it is it a regret? Regression? Is it, are they sort of slightly going backwards, and everybody else is getting better, or are they just staying exactly where they are, and everybody's getting everybody else is getting better? Like standing on on the touchline on Saturday, like I was just looking at Billy Vinopolo going, "Thank the Lord Jesus, I am not playing here today." <laughs> like he is massive, so big, so strong. Like Underhill, who's probably the smallest guy, or Curry, the smallest guy in that pack. They, the muscles were bulging out of every orifice in their body like they were just absolutely shredded and I'm just going flipping heck and then I walk past the likes of Ian Henderson on the other side of the pitch and he's probably the biggest lad in, in, in the Irish team and I was just you know he's a big lump of a fella but nothing on the, on the English boys I just think they're they're a big physical powerful outfit and if Ireland get matched with the physicality stakes and they always seem to find themselves in a bit of bother so yeah it's tough man who are the guys, Stevie, that are going to step up? Like, I thought the same watching it, and we were talking about you know the riches that England have in terms of ball carriers and power. Who have Ireland got now that you can see, like, right, this is who we're going to latch on to? You mentioned Henderson there. You know, he did well, ripped the ball out of the mall and stuff like that. And when he's fit, he, he's a world-class operator. But who else is there? Bundiaki, obviously, can carry. He scored a good try. But who else in that yeah. squad can step up and be like, right, here we go, follow me? <laughs> um pass next question <laughs> honestly it's it's at a stage now where I was on the plane on the way home and I was going right if Ireland make it into a World Cup quarter final and you know 
who would I play in the back row? You've, you've got Peter Omani, you've got Van der Fleer. Okay, they don't really carry that much ball. They're not particularly good carriers. They're good over the ball and they're good in the line out, et cetera, et cetera. But they're not going to give you that go forward. Like Ireland's go forward, man, are there two props, Furlong and Healy and Henderson if he's playing? That, that, and James Ryan carries a lot of ball. Like he carries a lot of ball, but too much ball. He shouldn't be carrying that amount. So then I was thinking to myself, I was like, geez, could you play Byrne at six? Could you play... Omani at seven and, and Jack Conan at eight, would that give you more of a versatility in the back row? You look at combinations, England's pack and the combinations they had all over the pitch, it seemed to work. Ireland's just didn't work, you know? So maybe that's something to look at, something to experiment experiment with over the next couple of weeks. And something that Joe Smith has been kind of, not been called out for at the minute, but he's he stuck to what he's known over the last number of years, the likes of Rory Best, the likes of, you know, Peter Amani and uh, Devon Toner at times and just going with the same old names. Maybe it is time that he does mix it up and, and go with different combinations just to see how it works because if they keep going the way they're going, lads, you know, it could be another tough day at the office this week. Confidence is already very low um, and the last thing you need is to be rock bottom when um, you're just about to jump on a plane to head to the other side of the world. And then, obviously, looking at this game in Cardiff this week, how big's that uh, in terms of getting back on the horse? And you know, do you think he's going to make wholesale changes? Well, he said in his press conference today, it's, and it's funny, usually Joe would send out the likes of um, you know the scrum coach, Greg Fake or Andy Farrell would come out and do the, the midweek press conference, but he's actually come out today to face the media. Uh, very interesting. He said he's going to make a few changes. There will be changes. Uh, Johnny Sexton is going to get game time, whether it be this week or next week, uh, against Wales. So we will see him. Kane Healy's definitely not going to play. So Lucia Prop is going to have a change for sure. So, yeah, there are going to be changes. I would like to see Tagburn get a, get a run. Um, I think he's a world-class operator. We, we all know how good he was for Scarlet over those couple of years. and He just seems doesn't seem to be the player that... Joe Smith really likes, um, and yeah, I, I would mix it up, guys. Somebody like Rory Best, you know, he's, he's kind of he would like to go out and prove himself. He's the type of character that would go right. I didn't have a great game. Things didn't go our way. You know, I led our country to the biggest record defeat against England. I want to try and put this right. So somebody like Rory might might step up to the plate again, and there might be guys like Peter Amani and CJ Stander that might knocking Joe's door during the week to say, look, that was unacceptable at the weekend. Let me try and redeem myself to a certain extent. And you spoke about changes there and you might be quite close to the horse. No! Is he going to change <laughs> Is he going to change that perm before the weekend or not? Because that is absolutely horrendous. I mean, if you're in the 70s, you might have got away with it. But what is that? What's he doing? What's he thinking? No! Oh, my God. I, mean, I actually commented on, um, I think it was Ulster Rugby or Irish Rugby putting up a post and they put a picture up of him, and I said, for God's sake, the amount of win bonuses and match fees that guy's had, he can't even afford a haircut. <laughs> and he would come back to me, he come back to me, and he says, oh, you're one to talk about hair. And I was like, he's got me there. Like <laughs> Jealousy, mate. You're just jealous, mate. I'm seeing you. You're starting to look like a, um, a one-month-old baby. A, a fat Andy Good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, there's no such thing as a fat Andy Good anymore. I'll have, you, I'll have you know that, my friend. You've been working hard, dude. You've uh, been following your social media trips. You've been uh, in the gym quite a bit recently. Oh, oh no, no. Oh, no, that, no that, thank you, thank mate, you. Thank that's you an much. archive of footage, that is. Just that, leave it there. He's been in once, mate, and he's taken about six or seven different videos in different parts of the gym <laughs> and then keeps them in his phone <laughs> and posts them. Smart. Wise. Stephen, thank you very much for joining us, mate. 
No worries, lads. Have a good one. Cheers for having me. Cheers, See you tomorrow, buddy. Yeah, mate, bye bye, Get the security out, mate. I'm coming to Belfast. Are you off to Belfast? Off to Belfast, yeah. He's a good boy, isn't he? Oh, good lad, mate. We love, we love Stevie. Yeah, we do. We do. And I tell you yeah. what, he's candid. Is that the right word? Mm. Yeah, that's what he is. Honest, open. Because Stevie can do it because he was one of the best. He was hard as fuck. Do you know what I mean? Going around smashing boys like the way that he used to carry. So maybe he's in a better position than me and me and. Well, you're quite good as well, good at some points, but just looked horrendous. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you, I look great, but I was horrendous. So, but he's wild place, isn't it? Because people respect him. I know the game does move on, but he, he, he's told it there. You know, he said like they were no. Well, clearly the scoreline says that they were crap. He was one of the hardest players to play against. Stevie He'd belt people for fun. And for him to say he stood on the side of the pitch, he's been what, retired now four years maybe? For him to say he was stood on the side of the pitch looking at the England boys going, Jesus, they're massive. Thank God I'm not playing anymore. That's a, and that's a guy that was hard. Hard as you like, wouldn't he, to play against? Yeah. He would take on any physical challenge. Anyone coming at him, he'd try and belt them. Uh, so it just shows how much the game has moved on over the last few years. When you've got, it's all right me saying, Jesus, I wouldn't fancy tackling him. I didn't fancy tackling anyone. But when someone who loved banging boys uh, says that, you think, Jeez. Well, speaking of Ireland, friend of the show, Darren Cave, caught up with scrum half John Cooney, who just missed the cut for the World Cup squad recently. Uh, that was for our superfan subscription service at patreon.com. And we thought we'd play you a quick clip of that now so you can get a taste of what's on offer over there. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. We'll start with the, the difficult part for you, mate. Um, so we're recording this now a week after you were uh, released from the Ireland squad and the build-up the World Cup. How's the news delivered to you? Um, were you surprised? Or like, how, how did it come about and how do you feel about it now? Um, yeah, to be honest, I didn't know it was coming. So I was actually watching the Gaelic football, the semi-final Tyrone were playing, and my phone was actually on silent. So uh, I went to look at my phone about 10 minutes after the game and saw I had a missed call from Joe. So straight away... My first reaction was to scream, and I knew knew well that I was uh, going to be caught at that stage. So, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise because that week I had done fitness and gym all week because I wasn't playing against Italy. So in my head, I uh, the week before I thought I could be dropped, but I wasn't. So uh, then I thought I might play in England. So I kind of kept the head down and got to work that week. So that way it was kind of pretty upsetting that I didn't get to play a game. But yeah, I think I knew well once I saw the the phone call off and that that was it. So I rang him back and. He must have been on the, on the phone to someone else, so I had to wait about 15, 20 minutes for him to call me back. So, yeah, it was a bit of a limbo at that stage. But, yeah, you, you, as you probably know yourself, once you get a phone call out of the blue, you kind of know something's off. They do have huge competition at Scrum Half. You haven't had a great crack of the whip. Four years ago, um, pretty much everyone who was in the squad of 45 or 50 played in, in a warm-up game. Am I right in saying that um, you've only started one test under Joe uh, at Ireland versus America? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you feel like you've had a fair crack of the whip or? And well, personally, yeah, I would have liked to obviously play a lot more. And there's now been two Italy games which I've been involved in, which I would have liked to at least get a starter, even off the bench the last day, because that's kind of what hurt me the most with that. I didn't even get a chance. So I don't see why I didn't even get a few minutes to come on, even against Italy. But I'm not sure why that is. But also, yeah, even against USA, got a start and played average enough. But you know that type of year when you're you're carrying a few little niggles and stuff. I remember my AC was at me, so little hindrances that sometimes if you get once off games, you don't really get to make up for. So since then, I've I, I thought I did quite well in the Six Nations. Got to play four out of the five games, and the year before my goal was to play in one of the games, and I didn't. So to get four out of five the year after was huge for me, and thought I did quite well when I came on, and obviously would have liked a bit longer, but 
I haven't actually had a chance since then. So in one way, I'm I'm pretty happy with how I went when I got my opportunity, but then it, it's, it doesn't really do much for you when you don't really get another go. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. There you go. That full interview will be up on Patreon shortly. So if you like the sound of it, just head to patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod and sign up to get loads of extra interviews and extra content for just a few quid a month. Before we get on to Scotland, uh, we're going to do a new segment where Jim picks out his social media posts of the week. Do you want to tell us a bit more about this, Jim? Yes, of course, Andy Rowe. I would love to. So as we always do, we try to evolve. So we're just going to add in the social media post of the week and I'm going to bring it to you. Not a lot out there. <laughs> what, <laughs> I'll a, be honest. what a start. You haven't done I any prep or... No, of course I have, yeah. So we spoke about it last week. James Haskell, MMA, Bellator. He best be hard. He best be hard. Well, he ain't. He ain't hard. He's a good, good bloke, great band, and he can bant them out of the ring. Friend of the rugby pass, who does a little bit of stuff. Goody loves this bloke. Neil Best has called him out on social media. Hey, at Bellator under slash Europe, if James Haskell needs someone to fight, I'm always available. Hashtag MMA. And then he's he tagged a load of people in. So basically, he's calling Haskell out. Bare knuckle, Dave. Well, it might not be bare knuckle if he joins the Bellator, but I don't think Neil Best would be allowed to because he's loose as a goose. But all I'm saying is Haskell would knock him out straight away. Are you joking? Well, I'm telling you now. I've seen Bestie fight, <laughs> and I've seen Haskell fight. Haskell would bang him out. When in, have you seen Haskell fight? In no time at all. In training. Oh, at Wasps. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> he banged out Phil Swainston a couple of times, mate. Haskell. If you go and rugby player on rugby player, Haskell can look after himself. I had a fight with Haskell in the tunnel, mate. He would knock the living daylights out of Neil Best without a shadow of a doubt. Are you joking? Well, why is oh. Bestie Best just well, Bestie's just, him out? He's just caught, jumping on the bandwagon, isn't he? Yes, mate. He wants some attention. But no, Haskell, we wish him all the best. But Bestie would uh, get his head knocked off by James Haskell, I'm saying. We'll come up with a better one next week. I actually think uh, we should do another feature. Go on. That I think, we'll put it out to the listeners, but I think this feature would go down way better. Jim's general knowledge. Just one question a week to Jim and he's got to try and answer it. I'm very smart, so I would not do that. I'd not embarrass yourself. I'm a very smart person. <laughs> I think that's going to be the winner. Ask Have me you... one now and I'll tell you. I need to prep something. Well, just ask me anything. I bet I'll know it. Capital of Spain. Barcelona. There you go. See, I know. Madrid. <laughs> it is Madrid. I no, look, you didn't even know. <laughs> Andy Rowe didn't even no, know. Well, this obviously isn't ask me another one. Ask me anything. Uh, ask anything. What year was? What year did William the Conqueror? Yeah, nineteen oh eight. Ten sixty six. There we go. Everyone knows it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say when he was first spoken about in the public domain in the books that 1908. were released in the <laughs> no, I thought you were going to ask when, when William the Great um, book was released into William um, the Great W H Smith's nineteen oh eight, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, you can catch all the season's Premiership, Pro 14, Champions Cup, and much more on rugbypass.com if you're in Asia. And wherever you are in the world, you can watch the video version of this pod on there as well. What about Scotland, Jim? How good. Really? How good? Did you watch it or not? I saw... No, you didn't. You didn't watch it. No, I didn't watch the whole game, I'll be honest. Don't lie. Be straight. I have seen highlights of it, and I have gone back and tried to watch a few things, because all I'm saying is, France, 14-3 up. A minute and a half to go to half time. Scrum on your own twenty-two. Oh no, Scotland have a try. We're going. We're going to try and run it from our own twenty-two. We knock it on, and Chris Harris picks the ball up and scores. Uh, I'm like game management. You've then given Scotland the momentum going to half time, fourteen ten down. Just, I mean, it was a, it was a, that was a garbage game as well, wasn't it, Jim? It wasn't a great game. No, it was. Uh, but Scotland needed the win. Well, we, we spoke about it last week. Scotland were desperate to win. It was a completely different team. And to be fair, well, there's a couple of things. France, whether or not they weren't allowed to play, 
or didn't turn up, who knows. And we spoke about how big a game it was to judge France on. They were a different team, the way they played, but Scotland didn't allow them to play. Um, France's two tries, a Penno intercept from um, Horn, Horn's pass, opportunist try, there was a drop ball and Penno scored again. I'm right in saying. Um, Scotland looked very good defensively and they're the things, I know we take the piss or Goody takes the piss out of Scotland. I don't, mate. I like Scotland. So I just don't think they're very good at rugby. Well, they were a lot better at the weekend and, they they, and they'd spoken in the lead up to that France game embarrassingly about the biggest work on was their kicking game, game management and defence. And in that first game against France, there were the two things, well, defence, glaringly obvious that that was the poorest thing, um, was wicked at the weekend. First up tackles, uh, Racker, absolutely nowhere to be seen. I mean, he was a bit loose to be fair. He did some crazy, crazy things. Aldrete as well, stopped dead. They picked two massive second rows in Talofua, how do you say it? Talfi Fanua. Yeah, Talfi Fanua. There we go, said it second time. And the other one? Valmahina. Valmahina, yeah. He was at, he's at Claremont. Um, so they, they picked two massive second rows, nowhere to be seen. Scrum was brilliant. Scrum was shocking last week. You know, Gordon Reid at Loosehead, who's not even, what is it, if you call it a professional club, hasn't got a professional team. He's playing the Ayrshire Bulls in Scotland Super 6. Goody ain't got a clue where they are. But a few things happened in the game. You know, um, Sam Skinner, unfortunately, came off with a hamstring injury. It looked bad initially. He's out of the World Cup now. You coming, you coming back? They need a second row. Yeah, I know. They've called up Tim Swinton again. Oh. oh, sorry sorry to bring that up. Text Richie Gray today. I'll read out the text. They've called messages. up Swinton ahead of Richie Gray. They've called up Swinton, who apparently has been doing well in pre-season. Has he been on the stag do again or honeymoon or whatever it was? From unless, he's, unless he's got married again, unless he's divorced at the same time. So let me just have a look here at what Richie Gray said. Hi, Richie. Podcast. Question mark. Get your side of the story out there. Question mark. By the way, we're all great. Thanks. The family are great. Richie, I'm glad to hear it. What do you think? Question mark. I says, well, let's get you on the podcast and we can all think about what's happening here. He said, no, I don't do podcasts. And I said, well, tell me, have you spoke to Gregor? No comment. I said, Swinnow's in again. You not want to go, do you? No comment. He said, anyway, I've got a morning meeting now. I'll be thinking of you. I said, great stuff. I said, message to the Toulouse boys. If in doubt, hit with your tits. If that doesn't work, pull the fucker down and hope to get a 10-minute breather. <laughs> Thanks very much for your input, Jim. I'll mention that to them. Are you coming on the podcast or not? No. <laughs> so, a little bit of relevant conversation, but he don't do media, and he obviously don't do Scotland either, because apparently it's his choice. His choice not to go. He's just had a baby. Not that that matters, but it does matter to some people, don't it? And if Gregor's told him... <laughs> I don't not, not that, that ma- I think it matters to everyone when you well, have a kid, you know, not, not, not that <laughs> that oh, doesn't matter. Four, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't really well, matter. you know, I still think if you have a baby and you've got an opportunity to go to a World Cup, you'll go to a bloody World Cup. That's what I think. That's my views. And obviously, that's Marla's views as well if we want to go back to someone that said they didn't want to go because of the babies and he's ended up going because there's 250,000 reasons why he wants to go. But Richie's, I think, maybe been told because Swinnow's gone in there Again, having done no training, why am I so bitter? I don't know. It's old news. But Swinnow's gone in there to fill numbers, I think. I think that Scott Cummins is going to go off his performance at the weekend. Um, so I think they're looking for a training body. I think Richie's like, I ain't, I ain't coming to Scotland to train. Why didn't you put your hat in the ring? I told you, mate, thyroid. It's <laughs> <laughs> meant to be having an emergency up, mate. Oh, geez, that again. So I might, I might come back and say that. But look... Without doubt, Richie Gray, for me, should be in the squad. He's not. So you've got, you've got to look at what else they've got. Scott Cummins, not a lot of people know about him. Uh, he's been brilliant for Glasgow. And he played really well at the weekend against a big French pack. 
So he's in. Sam Skinner, he's going to be a big loss. But them two in the second row gave Scotland a slightly different dimension. Defence is what won them the game at the weekend. They were a different team. And, you know, Scotland's always this thing, hot, blowing hot and cold. But they went through a bit of adversity in the game. So John Barkley scrummaging in the second row. Next, absolutely in pieces. Loving it, was he? he is, you talk about a human king prawn. You've never seen a guy's <laughs> back so in the wrong position in your life. Um, Grant Stewart come on at hooker. Uh, Turner goes into the back row. So they they were all over the place. But other standout things, Hamish Watson, world class. He's quality. Chris Harris is a player that Scotland probably need now. You're welcome. Why? Played with him at Newcastle. Oh, did you? So it's all down to told, you. Told him he's Scottish. Is he Scottish or not? No. A little bit. <laughs> he's owned a Scotty dog. How did Blade Thompson go? Very good, but he came off with a head injury. So with his recent history, I think he had about six months out from the game. And he goes off with a HIA. Again, different dimension. Strauss played in the first game against France, but no one played well. Blade Thompson, good player, good hands. With Scotland, it's still a little bit, who knows. But I think at the weekend, we did see glimpses of where, how they can be and, and what they've got. Finn Russell, for me, again, world-class. France's defence, all front line, aggressive in defence. Finn little chips over, hoggy little chips over. Got a bit of stardust, but they need to get everything right. Line-out didn't function. Scrum was brilliant. So it's, again, who knows? They've got Georgia... This week, your man in Tbilisi, sweet Mary and Joseph. Imagine going there. And that's the, that's the thing. You've had a good performance against France to get the win. You just said it yourself about Scotland. Who knows? Who's fancying going Georgia away in 40 degree heat? Not me. <laughs> and, not, and not Barkley either. But for me, this is the very best test Scotland can have for a number of reasons. So this is a massive game for Georgia. 50,000 people sell out. In an amazing stadium, amazing, passionate place to go and play. They've never had a Tier 1 nation. Love saying that. Scotland, Tier 1 nation. Are you, are you Tier 1? Apparently yeah, so. Oh, Apparently okay. so. Okay. Apparently so. Um, going to Georgia, backs against the wall. So this is what's going to happen in Japan. Japan are targeting this Scotland game. They think they can beat Scotland. So for me, Gregor needs to go, whether or not he listens to me or not, he might listen to me, who knows. They need to go full noise. The lads that are going to be playing what he thinks is their first choice team, because that's the team that's going to be playing against Ireland, that's the team that's going to be playing against Japan. Need to start this weekend to feel that uncomfortable in a in a hot, humid, backs against the wall environment. It's exactly how they're going to feel in Japan. You know, th- th- there will be a good referee refing unless he's French. Pascal Gazier. Pascal Gazier is actually the. Pascal I don't, I don't, I don't know. Gazier. Is it Gazier? All well, I know. If he's a ref, we fucked. All, <laughs> all I know is I saw some pictures from. Uh, on social media of Georgia's training camp. One, they look like absolute monsters. They are. Two, Graham Roundtree now looks Georgian. He is. And three, they've got Joe Worsley as their defence coach. Have so they? They'll, yeah, they'll be drilled to smash people. This is the biggest game, I'd say, in a long time. They were meant to play Russia or something, but something political. <laughs> Goody. Um, got in the way of the game. So they, they, they're not playing them. Well, as well as the World Cup this autumn, there's also a brand new format of rugby being launched that's been developed with the help of Olympic gold medal winning sevens coach Ben Ryan. What do you guys make of Rugby X? 10-minute games, back-to-back, non-stop action, no line-outs, penalties, meaning more tries and tackles, designed specifically to be full speed and full contact and, and played also indoors. I've missed a trick there because that game would be suited to me down to a ground. What did, what did you mention? Speed? I'm going to say, Jim, I'm going to say there's no line-outs, there's no malls. You wouldn't be very good. I don't think there's any kick in. I'd be shit. It's not a game for us, is it? But it will be exciting for the fans. It's, it's you know, you're looking at different 
ways of skinning a cat. Can you say that? Of course you can. You can. You shouldn't skin cats, though. I'll be honest. Very true, actually. But it's a new venture. Uh, exciting. You know, it's you're going to see tries galore because. People won't be able to breathe because uh, it's going to be so fast and indoors. And yeah, it should be good fun. Well, there seems good as well. There could be a, an opportunity in the market as well. Sevens is getting bigger. Um, sometimes the question is, unless you're a rugby noise like you, that rugby can sometimes be hard to consume. People don't always understand scrums and malls. Well, I don't think forwards understand scrums and malls sometimes, very, do they? There you go. Very true. So how's your average punter? So, you know... They're looking for a new audience, aren't they? I, I and think building it, on the current audience. Of course. And you look at game at the grassroots level and this is only what I've seen is numbers are dropping I don't know that it might not be the RFU or the SRU or the IRFU or the WRFU it's WRU but oh, damn, close, so nearly, close nearly they might be saying otherwise but I know that at the kind of teenage level for example where you have other influences social media girls boys all these things come into play so how do you get people engaged? I started playing a bit of touch, you know. Have you? Yeah, I have yeah. You have got hands. You've got hands like mate. cows' tits, though, mate. So what? How good are you going to be at touch? An unbelievable line, Dommy this line. week at Sarries, Dommy mate, line. mate. Literally, 100 miles an hour, knocked over the bin, man. Straight you're, through the chef. So you're playing touch at Sarries. Yeah. You got to let it go, mate. mate just you, you hey, retired. Just, just peeling back the ears, mate. Peeling back the just ears. peeling back the ears. <laughs> I had to I had to stop because of the blisters. Um, <laughs> Standard. But, but yeah, I think there's a there's a void in the market. Uh, for something fun, different. You know, we've seen that football have done different things, haven't they? The street football, they've done the the, the five five side tournaments that are on TV. Why not? Why not throw something something else into the mix? It's backed. You mentioned Ben Ryan, Delalio's involved as well. It's got to be a good thing. So rugby X. Yeah, launches uh, at the O2 Arena on Tuesday, 29th of October, with afternoon sessions, which are perfect for the family, and evening sessions as well. Tickets start from 10 quid for kids and 20 quid for adults at rugbyx.com. And you guys are looking forward to heading along as well, aren't you? Well, I'm going to bring JJ down to run over a few kids. That's all I know. I'll leave the other three at home. Do you know their names yet? Or? Um, well, I do now. I've got to revise after the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Should we have a look at some uh, more social media questions? Yes, please. Ian Mullen uh, has tweeted in, uh, last week Big Jim said that the quality of rugby and warm-up matches should not be rewarded with a cap. With that logic in mind, how many caps does Goody think Jim would have won for the mighty Scotland? Well, first and foremost, it's not the mighty Scotland. Right. They're just called Scotland. They're not, they're not mighty. Uh, how many caps did you get? 67? 63. should have been 67. 63 but. caps, and you got three wins over Romania, Georgia, and... Romania again. No, you beat Ireland once, didn't you? You beat Ireland a few times, but yeah. I mean, who, who, uh, who's, Jim, who's, who's taking note? Jim would have got seven caps. Fear, Jim? Yeah. Well, no, because I, I only played in three warm-up games, so you take I them mean, three away at 60. Well, yeah. I mean, again, I'm no mathematician, but it seems quite simple to me. Hey, cheers for that. Anyway, Ian Mullet. Lee Wells has tweeted in, uh, he says he's just finished Matt Hampson's book. And he wants to know more about the Tour de Cov. What were the standout moments and any plans to do a Tour de Cov 2020? The Tour de Cov, which was also known as the Tour de FNL. So I think it was FNL's birthday. It might have been his 25, I don't know. Either way, he was legal, but what we did was illegal. So I don't think you're allowed to do it now. We were basically doing a pub crawl or pub golf on bikes. Basically, I was going 50 miles an hour down the covering road on the bike, or it felt 50 miles an hour on a push bike. <laughs> And last one, uh, Nicholas Reid, he has tweeted in, what would Ben Stokes' best position be in the England rugby team? 69er. <laughs> 69er? What rugby, well, what, what rugby position well, is six that? Six or nine. Six or nine. 
That was the first thing that came to mind. I don't know why. What's he been up to? I don't know what he's no not what he's been up to. What he was going to get up to, but he could play six or nine. That's what I meant. Oh, I don't know get why you. six or nine. I'd have said outside centre to be fair. Why? Uh, outside break. I reckon he'd be quite shifty. I mean, what a hero. Bottom line is, what a legend. Mate, tell tell the sunburn that you'd be worried for him, wouldn't you? Uh, that is the greatest sporting achievement I've ever seen. Really? I think so. Wow. Well, there you go. Hence why 69 is his position there. (laughs) There we go. The good, the bad and the ugly is brought to you this week by Budgie Smuggler UK. New season means new smugglers and it really couldn't be easy to customise your own smugglers. You literally just send in your image or club colours or whatever you've dreamt up to their designer and they'll look after it for you. And if you quote the rugby pod, you get a free design on custom orders of 10 or more. The good. Quite a bit of good actually, but we're going to start somewhere we don't often start. In France, Bayonne, their first game back in the top 14, uh, and they beat Racing away from home. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. Really? Yes, promoted last year, Racing away. Uh, they've won up at the La Défense Arena. Uh, so a massive start for Bayonne. Uh, what else was good this week? Scotland. What? Bounce back. I mean, yes, I've, I've we start, did. I've started with France, then I've gone Scotland. You're right. I'm, I'm hot. I'm hot. Uh, bouncing back to win 17-14 against the French at Murrayfield. Uh, even a bit of passion came out in Greg Laidlaw's singing of the anthem. Enjoyed it, mate. Yeah, it was very nice to see. Um, so that, that was pretty good. Um, England and their power boys, Manu, Cockner Singer, Marrow, Billy, all monstrous in their performance. Their biggest ever win over Ireland. Fantastic day out at Twickenham. Manu got four turnovers. Not only was he smashing people, running over people, running round people, he got four turn- turnovers, so he was pretty special. But the good this week goes to a collective bunch of people, 46 of them to be precise, 46 players who took part in the Guinness World Record beating longest game of rugby ever played, 30 hours in 30 degrees of heat. The Wooden Spoon team played against a School of Hard Knocks team in a charity game that has broken the Guinness World Record. Andy Gomesall was part of it. Uh, So a massive shout out to all those guys and girls that took part in that game. What an achievement. The good this week goes to the Wooden Spoon and the School of Hard Knocks charity game. That's pretty good. The bad. Well, let's keep it normal, shall we? We'll go with France. I thought (laughs) thought they were fairly inept at times. And what you're doing, 14-3 up, last play of the first half, scrumming your own 22 Try and run it, knock the ball on, give a try to Scotland. You end up losing the game. As Jim said earlier, they weren't very good, the French, so that's pretty bad. Um, we'll stick in France, actually, for some bad. Stade Francais got a 43 points to nine hiding away at Lyon uh, in the first game of the season. Absolutely shocking from them. That carries on. And then we'll go over to Ireland for a bit of bad. Not the Irish rugby team just yet, but a couple of people in Ireland are claiming 50 grand in compensation for being hit by a ball while they've been in the crowd at a rugby game. One of them got hit on the arm. You're pulling me slipper. I'm it? not pulling your slipper, Jim. You are pulling my slipper. I no, promise they you, are not. I promise you they are. They've been hit with a ball. On the arm. And they're claiming 50 grand. 50 grand compensation. So bloody smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. I don't agree with it. If you go to a rugby game and you're in the crowd, and you get hit with a ball, you're probably not watching the game. True. Yeah, only one of them. You can't miss it. Uh, that is pretty bad. But the bad this week has to go to the Irish rugby team. 34 missed tackles, 69% tackle success rate. Stephen Ferris spoke about it earlier. Absolutely shocking. They lost six of their 15 lineouts. It's the biggest defeat of Joe Schmidt's era and Ireland's biggest ever defeat to England. Ireland, you are bad. The Ugly, we're just going to one country this week for The Ugly, but two episodes. What? 
We're going to South Africa, Jim. We love South Africa. Oh, we do. I do. We love it as a place. I played out Asia. there. You go out there. You've worked out there. It's not in Asia. You said it last week. It's not funny now. <laughs> Wasn't funny then. Why is uh, Andy Rowe laughing? Now? We'll start off with Eben Etzebeth, Jim's nemesis, oh. accused of pointing a gun at a homeless man and assaulting him. Surely that wow. ain't true. I mean, how it's come out into the media, if it's just banned. This is, I think they've got the wrong end of the stick here, media. He might be pointing his gun as in his bicep at him. And it, or is this a, a real gun they're uh, talking about? Who knows, but it's not a good look. Uh, that's pretty ugly. But the ugliest thing this week uh, goes to South African winger Deontay, uh, who's been tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs and has been left out of the World Cup squad. He is claiming his innocence. He is claiming he's never taken anything in his life, so he will investigate it. But your World Cup opportunity has just blown up in smoke. Oh, South Africa. That is ugly. Ugly. Thanks, Scooty. And you've got a shout-out to finish as well, don't you, mate? Yeah, I do. Spencer Lane has dropped me a message. Uh, He's been in touch, and he just wants to give a big shout-out to the captain of North Taunton Rugby Football Club, Craig Dennis who suffered life-changing injuries after a fall at home on his farm. Uh, he's a regular listener and he's going through rehab at the minute. So keep your head up, Craig. Keep battling and hopefully all will come good in time. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Producer Tim. And thank you for listening as well. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the Rugby Pod. Rugby Pod. Pod, pod, pod. pod.